What's up, folks? <coughs> Sorry, I'm a little bit sick. Welcome to another episode of The Tragedy of Time. Really have not been thinking about this podcast at all. Um, life is... I had some pretty cool things going on in life in ways. And in other ways, things have been not so cool. I guess I'll touch on a little bit of that. But I just had some time and then uh, figured why not continue working on this bad boy. So I really don't know what it's going to be or what it's going to look like. But I feel like anything, like with anything in life, you need to put the reps in to get good at something. And eventually, like right now, I'm not striving for a super popular or super successful podcast. I'm just trying to get the reps in so one day... I can have a super successful and super popular podcast. And you kind of got to start from the bottom and work your way up. And I felt like there's probably some things that I could talk about that would be kind of cool. There's a lot that's been going on in my life. And I don't know how much, like, I'm allowed to say about, like, certain situations, like, just different stories that I have. Um, about work and certain situations with certain friends. Like, I, I won't put names on them, but uh, if those friends were to listen or certain friends were to listen, they would know probably that I was talking about them because the situations are pretty specific. But kind of why I don't want this podcast that popular to begin with is it's a way for me to vent and kind of just express some of the things going on in life um just kind of as an outlet and I'm I'm kind of sick right now. I've been sick I thought for sure that I must have COVID because it's been going on for over a, well no it was Wednesday I took a rapid COVID test that showed up negative. And then I felt like, like by the weekend, I was kind of starting to feel better, but still not 100%. And I had to work on Monday. Uh, Friday, I didn't end up going into work, which I just got a new job um, in the past month, at the, about a month ago-ish. At the mustard seed, which is, uh, how do I describe it? There's, they're all over the place. Um, I guess what we mainly are, it's like a resource center for um, people who are struggling in life. Um, there's uh, We do meals every morning from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m., um, there's a so people can come in and get food, and that's a big part of what we do. We've got a full, full kitchen there and everything, and then then there's a basement, which is actually called the resource center, is what we call it. And we've got some social workers and a psychologist and 
Um, we have a nurse that comes in once a week, and yeah, we've got uh, we've got a nurse that comes in once in a while to deal with uh, sex education type of stuff, and uh, can treat certain people that might have uh, illnesses related to that. Um, yeah, but it's just, it was really cool. And they are actually taking in a shelter portion as well, where we're going to have uh, a shelter for the homeless, uh, certain amount of beds for men upstairs and a few beds, I think for females downstairs. I just think it's really cool what's going on there. I actually, uh, knew of what of the mustard seed organization uh before they came to medicine hat because they've only been in medicine hat for i don't know exactly how long a couple of years maybe uh it could be off give or take i um when i went to treatment in 2016 um to the calgary dream center i had to go through a detox process because i'd been drinking and uh, I was taking some Percocets, I think, a couple nights before I went up. And I was hoping I wouldn't have to go to detox. But uh, when you get in there, they make you take a pee test. And I'm like, well, maybe I didn't drink enough. Maybe I didn't I didn't take that many Percocets. And they're like, because I think, I, I can't remember if I lied about it. Um, I might have lied trying to get in. Can't remember. Uh, but they took my urine sample and they're like, "Well, were you uh, doing anything?" And I was like, "Yeah, like I was, I was drinking not too long ago, and I took some Percocets." And they were like, "Yeah, that's what it shows. You're gonna have to go to detox." And there was like a specific detox center that I was supposed to go to. Um, I don't remember the name of the detox center right now, but I think it was like in downtown area and I got picked up by this, uh, organization. I can't remember what, what they were called. It would be good to remember these things, but 2016 was a while ago and I was like just getting sober or making my first attempts at recovery. Um, Though I had been to Claire's home earlier that year. But this was like the first attempt that I made truly on my own. And uh, got picked up by this organization that like goes around and picks up like addicts and homeless. And kind of takes them to the hospital if they need. Or I don't know fully what they do. Um, take people to detox centers. Uh, take people to the homeless shelter and people in distress kind of they they answer calls and they uh i don't know i don't know exactly what they did but it seemed pretty cool but they worked with the calgary dream center and i was supposed to go to this detox center downtown and then they, i like got in the vehicle with them and they're like are you sure you want to go to that detox center it's kind of like um like you go to the mustard seed the mustard seed's like a really nice facility 
And I was like, well, I don't know. Sure, I guess I'll go to the mustard seed if it's a nice facility. Not knowing that I was supposed to go to the detox center. But I just had to be clean for a certain amount of days before the Calgary Dream Center would allow me to be. To allow me into the center. So. I, uh. Sorry, I'm a little bit sick and my voice is affected and my energy levels but i ended up going to the mustard seed so it was like this gigantic and it was almost like a giant like i think maybe at one point it was like a warehouse or something like it was like the size of a giant warehouse i remember going in there and uh and they kind of check your bags i got a little photo id um I think it was used for like getting into the shelter, um, like on a, like a laminated card. That was something that I was keeping as like a keepsake to like look back on, be like, man, remember when I at one point was like staying in a homeless shelter, and then to look back and be like, look at how far I came. But my card got like all damaged, and I think I ended up having to throw it out. And anyways, I got into the shelter, and it was like. There was like a big kitchen area inside, like a dining room, kind of like what we have here in Medicine Hat. There's a dining room area and then a big shelf, like one side's the dining room. Um, the other side is a bunch of mats and they were all really close together. Like they were like, mm, I would I would say like maximum two feet apart. If that, um, you're like sandwiched together. And I was really, really sick because my immune system was just run down from the partying and I caught like some nasty flu and so I'm in this giant homeless shelter where I don't know anyone and I and I had been getting people like look at me like staring at me and stuff like because I I had like nicer clothes and stuff because I wasn't really homeless and I could just tell that people kind of eyeing me up a little bit no i wasn't really scared or anything like i don't know i think something about uh being trained in martial arts i don't really worry about physical altercations or anything but i i did wonder if they were going to maybe try to steal from me or something some so like the way that some of the people some of the people were really nice i i mean these are just things thoughts going through my head the first time ever being in a homeless shelter i'm you know you're just trying to be aware of my surroundings but there were people that were kind and um that that talked to me and stuff but um and like it it was like a nice shelter if i wasn't so they had showers and stuff too like so in the morning go take a shower you had to be up by like a certain time but i remember like thrashing around in my sleep because i do that sometimes especially when i'm not feeling well and like almost like kicking and punching at the people beside me accidentally because that's just what i do when i'm thrashing in my sleep and thinking man this is not going to be good if i accidentally like punch some random dude in the face next to me because i'm because i'm sleep fighting or whatever is going on i was actually nervous about how close together we were because i was worried that that might happen um but i don't think i don't think i i didn't hit anyone at least hard enough for them to to respond so um but yeah 
I so like that was like my first experience of the mustard seed. You had to be like out by a certain period of time. They had buses that took you out, and then you had to come back for the buses. And I actually had friends in Calgary that I had met um, from going to Claire's home. So I ended up linking up with some friends, and we were just hanging out downtown Calgary. We're taking pictures, like, I don't know, doing random stuff. I didn't even really mind it. I didn't even really want to go into treatment. I was like, I'm kind of enjoying this. I, I could see myself staying here for a little while. <laughs> but <coughs> so I, I kind of knew what the mustard seed was before they came to uh, Medicine Hat. And when I heard they were coming to Medicine Hat, I thought that was pretty cool and that I would love to be involved in some way. I, uh, and I kind of had the opportunity at the job that I'm doing now, like six months ago, which I would have wish I would have done six months ago. Um, just hindsight's always 2020. Um, instead I took a class, a psych, psych 205 class and, uh, yeah, just, nothing nothing against school but with everything that happened with covid like i paid for online classes and then two day or two or not online sorry i paid for in-class classes and then two days later it was switched to online classes and that definitely decreased my motivation for the class it shouldn't have but it did i just kind of had a little bit of a bad attitude towards them like the class like not that I was disrespectful to the teacher or anything but I just wasn't very happy that this was how the class was going um and like how they could just switch it up like that in a couple days after I already give them money like I ended up doing well enough in the class but I yeah it would have been I think a lot more beneficial for me to be um, working at the mustard seed during that time but the opportunity came up again and like just the the main reason i i didn't take it and the or didn't take the opportunity to try to try to get the job was like i just been feeling so unwell how am i gonna do this like i don't want to i don't want to work for an organization that i really like and then feel so ill that I'm not able to work for them. I want to be able to be a reliable worker and work hard. And how am I going to do that when I'm like in some days such terrible shape? But I just decided I can't, I can't wait any longer. I don't, life is too short to just like wait for things to get better. Um, I saw this quote by this girl who passed away from cancer recently i think nightbird was like her stage name i hope i'm saying that right but she was like on american idol or something or one of those shows i i just kind of heard about her from her passing about there was a quote that she had said that life's too short to wait until um until it's not hard to to enjoy it and that really struck a chord with me like i wish i would have grasped that concept when i was younger because I kind of just gave up on living, uh, trying to get enjoyment out of the life because this life, because I felt like I had had enjoyment when I was close to God and 
and then I turned away and uh, because of that um, decision the drugs and they they took a toll on my body and my body's never been the same and I felt because I was sick and in pain all the time like to some level I thought this anyways and and uh, just that I'd had my shot at life uh, I had I'd had the good and before that I'd had the bad and I chose the bad and then that's how my life was going to be for the rest of my life and then when you think that way well that's the life you live and I mean I thank God for um, recovery and uh, the people that I met through recovery avenues because it gave me some uh, semblance that I could have <coughs> somewhat of a normal life again but even then I was just like well the pinnacle of my life is going to be not screwing it up like it's going to be not drinking and not using drugs and like maybe trying to help some people but outside of that I thought that was it that was all that my life had that I that I had in my life and at the end of the day your life is what you make of it like certain cer certain circumstances and situations will come up that will make life harder and you might not be able to do some things but it's like working with what you have because it just it just has made me realize like how much time I really wasted and it wasn't because I'm not a good worker or not a hard worker or not a good person or like which all these things I thought about like I'm like oh I'm just a waste of skin I'm just la like lazy whatever like all these things but it was it was a lack of faith that I had and why I was living the way I was living I had a lack of faith believing that there's no way that I could even build any kind of real life um it's just too late for me then when you when that belief is like set like like and I wouldn't always think that but I think that was like deeply set in the back of my mind so I wouldn't really try things the way I would have and because I felt so physically ill I just felt like it was impossible but I didn't have enough faith and uh I'm glad like even th during the interviewing process man I can think of times when I was like I don't know how I'm gonna I feel so sick how am I gonna do an interview I feel so sick how do I you know how am I gonna do my first day of work you know like constantly but like I felt like that for so long that it's like well I I might as well just try and it's been over a month now and I love it like I love I love it like I said I wish I was there six months ago because I love I love the mustard seed. I love the work they do. I love the work that I do. The hours I get are kind of perfect for what's been going on in my life. It's nothing too crazy, strenuous. But because I have a history of addiction and I, I want to help people that are struggling with addiction, I kind of have somewhat of a better idea of how would I say this? 
I don't want to say that I'm better at helping people than other people because every every staff member I work with is so valuable and they all bring something unique to the table and they all bring something amazing to the table and they all help um, other people. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is because I have a history of addiction, when I'm talking to people about about it, like sometimes I'll look at somebody who's never, and I, I, I do this too. I remember going to treatment and um, the first center I went to, none of them were addicts. They all just had gone to school. And I was like, can they really help me? You know, they don't even know what this is like. They read about this in a textbook. Um, I believe everyone can help each other. I don't think you need to be, uh, you don't have to have a history of addiction to help somebody who um, is an addict. But addicts can be can be funny in that sense like whereas if somebody's talking to them about addiction that hasn't experienced they'll just automatically shrug it off like oh you don't know but i'd say most of the staff that i work with in one way or another whether they're they struggled with addiction it's either they've struggled with addiction or it might not be them but or somebody that they love struggled with addiction right and uh and even if not, like, it's just the fact that you want to help people. Like, if you, you want to help people that are struggling you're, and you make an effort, you're going to help people. Because at the end of the day, a lot of those people just need love. Um, they need to know that no matter what, that they're valuable, their life's valuable, and that they're loved. And I really believe that at the Mustard Seed, we give people that. And uh, I... Sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough while I'm there. Like I'm not doing enough to talk to people about getting sober and taking steps. And but but like this is a place that I could definitely see myself working for the rest of my life. I love the organization, whether it's whether it's at this mustard seed or whether it's. Uh, and I like I I just want to work with home, the home, homeless and addicts. Um, at least right now, that's how I feel for like the rest of my life, and it sparked this interest in me um, to work on this thing that I call the Detox Project. And I'm only kind of got a little bit of it on the on the go, but. It's basically just trying to figure out how we can get people into detox centers quicker. <coughs> because the wait time is... Uh, and, and I'm not blaming anybody that works at the detox center. Thank God that we have detox center. Thank God. And thank, and, and I guess the, go the government um, who's, who funds a lot of these thank thankfully we have them and they're there's something that is a resource that's available to people who struggle with addiction but the, we have some of these wait times where it can take up to like a month for somebody to get in to a detox center and they've got to like go through appointments and it's just like addicts who are trying to get into a detox center are, are usually in a pretty messed up place and they're sick and they need to get the help right away. So um, 
I'm trying to figure out what I can do to speed that process up. And I've learned a little bit, like the the fastest way to get someone into detox is to book them a bed in Calgary. Um, but then it's like, now I got to try to figure out how do, how do we transport addicts to Calgary and how do we keep somebody who's struggling with addiction on a schedule where they can they're still going to make that appointment like to get driven to detox like i don't know it's uh there's a lot to it there's a lot of layers but i am passionate about finding out how we can do that like um because I know detox centers have saved my life. And like from from a detox center, I was able to get directly into my first rehab center. And that's what I think all detox centers should be able to do. Um, again, this is like maybe years down the line that we can have this implemented for like all, like detox centers. But where an addict goes in and they detox and from there they're able to get straight to a treatment center. And then from the treatment center, they're able to align plans with um recovery related services once they get back to whatever city that they're going to live in um whether that be through um like government funded mental health therapists which might be good but also like i think what's even more important is finding a community of like-minded addicts who are in recovery um usually through the form of something like alcoholics anonymous narcotics anonymous um, there's cocaine anonymous crystal meth anonymous and um getting them plugged in spiritually i think is really important like trying to encourage them to get into churches and be open-minded and be willing to be open to the idea of God and restoration and love and and I believe Jesus you know like um, you know I think these are all things that could, could really if if we like I, I just I just think there needs to be some kind of um, plan when an addict gets into detox of alright now now they're off the drugs now we get them into a facility and then from there we connect them with recovering addicts in the community and uh, and then f- like find them a place where they're able to get back whether it's on a volunteer or work basis or um, that's one of the beautiful things about pro- the 12 step programs is you have the ability one of the steps the last step is to like help other addicts or alcoholics who are suffering and uh, that's why I think those specific organizations are so important is because we need to be able to give back and i think that is what is going to help drastically drastically reduce um the cycle of addiction and get people healthy and yeah but so i'm super stoked on this new job i just got to get over this whatever freaking cold thing or whatever the heck it is thought i had covid took a test and i took another one like four or five days or no it was wednesday i took one it's tuesday today i took one 
Wednesday and now almost a week later on Tuesday and both showed negative. But I was almost certain. Like my fevers through the night have been so nasty and like it's just lingering. And uh, I'm like, this is, I've got to have COVID, right? Like uh, for the longest time, it seemed like anyone that was sick had COVID. And when they would test for COVID, they would test positive. But I mean, I don't know how accurate these rapid tests are, but anyways, but yeah, like I've had some pretty cool experiences, man. Like, uh, I want to have some more in-depth spiritual experiences, which I know that only falls on me. Um, there's a verse in the Bible, uh, basically seek and you will find, uh, what you ask your father for you will receive kind of along those lines and i've been seeking to a degree like i went out to this uh they call it the barn and it reminds me of uh it's reminiscent of this book called the shack this guy like goes out to this shack and uh finds god kind of thing but uh it's like a group of people that go out to this little acreage and there's this barn up um there's like an upstairs with a bunch of chairs and they preach and then they do like what's called like ministry they pray for each other and um I'd heard about it I went to like a tent meeting as they call it and uh I would say I had a pretty uh pretty profound spiritual experience there um, I got out a lot of things that I felt like were holding me back from getting close to God because I've done a lot of evil, nasty things in my addiction. Um, I've never really talked about them before. Well, some of them I have. But just like back when I was using like crystal meth... And a lot of people don't like to use the word because it's nasty. It's nasty to touch that. It's nasty to talk. People don't... Everyone has their slang term for their drugs. Like, I, I always noticed that when I was back years ago when I was in the drug scene. When it came to drugs like uh, heroin and crystal meth, there was... Uh, slang terms they would never call it what it was and i would just straight up say what it was and sometimes people would like give me a weird look but i'd be like i know it's disgusting but i'm not gonna lie about what it is like this is <laughs> and uh yeah it's nasty what we're doing right now but and anyways just crazy things man crazy things like it opens a uh, spiritual realm to darkness a hundred percent um, and like I've seen what they call shadow people people on meth have seen um, them a lot I, maybe people coming down off other drugs too I'm not sure but it's just like shadowed figures around that like yeah it's it's weird man it's scary stuff um, I don't know if those are demons or, or what like but just doing things like uh, 
just getting into like dark spiritual stuff because I've always been a spiritual person like so when I'm when I'm doing good I I like to pray I like to go to church um, though I feel like I haven't been praying enough I like to read the Bible again I feel like I haven't been reading my Bible enough I like to listen to sermons um so so which is good but then when you start going down a dark path where you're using drugs and you're uh and you're spiritually you're a spiritual person i believe you're more open to seeking out other forms of spiritual practices that are darker which i was looking into and dabbling in um Maybe, maybe more than dabbling for a while. Man, it's scary. Oh, thank God I never died back then, man. Like, literally, thank God. Like, thank you, God. Because oh, it is crazy what drugs will do to a person's mind. It's just, or alcohol, you know. Um, addiction is such a scary thing. Because you can know somebody so well and know who they are, but once the the alcohol or the drug or whatever it is takes over, that they are not them anymore. And I truly do believe there are spirits that um, come into a person's body when when they've taken a certain amount of drugs or drank a certain amount of alcohol, and they're just they're not fully they're not there anymore. Like they, like a piece of them is in there. There'd be times where like a piece of me was in there, but often I was ruled by something else. And that's scary, man. That's a scary thing to allow to happen to yourself and to be willingly participating in. That's why my heart is like so heavy for addicts. Is um, I know there's like this one this one verse in the Bible that I just read recently. It was talking about like sexual uh, sin and how it's like in a form like worse because you're sitting upon yourself. I kind of feel like addiction is the same way. It's like you're like bringing it upon yourself to a degree. I don't know if that makes sense. <coughs> but so I just I just breaks my heart to see how many people are not only wasting their lives but like actively destroying their lives or letting darkness actively consume and destroy their lives when they could have such a beautiful life and and you, and I think probably a lot of them have the same problem that I did. You just be, they just don't believe that they they can have a beautiful life. This is just what it is, and this is their life, and they're gonna do what they're doing because this is what they've done, and this is who they are. And it's like breaking that mindset. Like I was in that mindset for a lot of time, and I had amazing family and support, and a lot of. Uh, a lot of reasons that I shouldn't have felt like I couldn't build a life but I just had 
had my own reasons in my head that I wouldn't be able to. And uh, it's just untrue. They're just lies. Lies that I believe come from, you could say Satan, you could believe, say, sometimes I, say, I think they come from within ourselves. We just don't believe in ourselves enough. Um, they can come from, I don't, I don't know always where the lies come from, but they're lies. Believing that you can't build a better life and... And I've been, man, I've had like a handful of people that I've been trying to help lately. And some of them are doing good and some of them not so much. And I've kind of realized that this is probably what my life is going to look like for the rest of my life. There's probably always going to be a handful of people like addicts and people struggling with mental health that I'm going to be trying to help. And I always feel like I'm, I'm not doing enough. Um, and it's not just addicts, it's just people. I just want to help people. I don't, want, I, I don't want it to be specific to addicts or alcoholics. But the, that's, I guess, maybe the top of my priority list. But just people, man. Like, it sucks to see how much some people have to suffer. And I think we're here to try to give perspective to that suffering to help mitigate that suffering if we can completely take it away but we're always going to be struggling and suffering with things in this life until this life is over so it's more so more than just um blocking the suffering it's learning how to live with it and learning how to use it in a way where it can drive us to do more good because it could definitely suffering can drive you to destroy and do wrong and and you can come up with all these justifications for why you're doing what you're doing but um i was thinking about this other the other today maybe it was like no amount of pain a person is in can that doesn't that doesn't change evil is still evil and good is still good you know there's Suffering doesn't justify wrongdoings. And uh, I know as addicts, we like to try to justify our actions a lot. Uh, yeah. I think this is going to be a shorter one today because my voice isn't really there and I'm tired and sick. But I just wanted to speak and I just want I just wanted to make another podcast episode just because it's been a while and it's something that I don't want to completely just forget about and never touch again because I do want to do something with it someday so uh, if you're listening thanks for listening if not well I guess that is what it is but I'm going to say a quick prayer Again, something I need to be doing more of. So why not end the podcast with a prayer? God, I thank you for today. Jesus, I thank you for life, Lord. I thank you that you're with us in the good times, Lord. And you're with us when we're struggling through the bad. I thank you, God, that you are love and you are what's right. And you want the best for us and uh, God that you seek a relationship with us and it's kind of on us to decide on how 
how much we want to pursue that relationship, but you're always there, God. You're always good. And I just thank you for anybody that's struggling with addiction and mental health, God, anyone that's struggling with physical health, Lord, I ask that you would bring forth healing, God, into their lives. Whatever they're struggling with, with whether it be loss, whether it be um, any pains, any sufferings that they're going through, that, God, you'd bring restoration, you'd bring healing, Lord, and you would bring perspective to people's lives so they would understand that there is a purpose to everything. And that even the even the darkest things, God, you could make a light out of. I thank you for my life, and I thank you for the the family and the friends that I have, God, and for the job that I have. And I thank you that you've given me so many chances to better my life, even though I blatantly chose evil. I thank you, God, that you never left me. And that whatever your will, may it be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, I thank you that you died for all of us to be forgiven of, God, everything we've done. And so we can live in righteousness with you. Jesus, I thank you. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, that was a little bit of a different episode, but thanks for listening. Have a good one.